the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm Chapter 107 Icosahedron Silently, the crystal turned in the air as they laid their eyes upon it. It looks like a diamond, said Brevik. The most valuable diamond I've ever seen. The gnome, Mixman, chuckled at this, <laughs> stretching out his hands forward, flexing his fingers, and getting ready to lay the required incantation upon it. Perhaps it is, said Brina. But if so, the clarity is unparalleled. And it's so big! Expertly cut into an icohosahedron. And there are seven more like it? asked Marks. No, not strictly seven, said Brina. In truth, there is only one crystal, but it exists in all eight places at once. How is that possible? asked Amazon. There aren't any other dimensions. Not really, since there is only one realm, continued Brina. But in some places, the Iron Realm folds in on itself, intersects with itself. The crystal has settled into that intersection. Maybe that's why it floats in the air. That is how my goddess told it to me. Folded space, mused Amazar. Or perhaps the crystal caused the distortion. <laughs> perhaps, smiled Brina, though it seemed she didn't have more to say about it. The facets passed by as the crystal spun and it was possible to imagine seeing different colors deep in each. Were these reflections of the other kingdoms? The wizard squinted at them, considering it. We are ready now, said Hollyander. Everyone hold hands and stand around the teleport crystal in a circle. Lilena, when Mixman is finished with the incantation, I'd like you to lower your ball and put it inside the crystal. Mixmin began to voice the words, and as he did so, the crystal spun faster. All of their hands were joined, and they could see each other. One family, one tribe, in the light of one another, as it turned faster and faster. Stockholm and Temek, and Solas, and Lack, and Kailana, Amazar and Bardar, and Kana, and Paola, Lilena and Orson. Nora and Nim, and Twyla, Marks and Thor, and Master Brother, Tani, and Hollyander, and Mixman, and Brina. The light came down, and there was a brilliant flash. It was not known to them at the time, but it was nonetheless true. They would, not one of them, ever see the halls of Alpha One again. upon us, despite the danger, despite impending death, despite the risk of re-enslavement, and worse. The tribe, bolstered with yet three more members, the gnomes, makes the decisive jump to Gamma One, the Goblin Realm.
The Iron Realm, copyright A.B. Lenzo, is an original dark fantasy delve into an infinite maze of stone. Find The Iron Realm at theironrealm.blogspot.com and on Apple Podcasts with even more bonus content to be found at patreon.com slash theironrealm. Travel all of you well in the maze, for I... Your Maze Master am with you in the light and in the dark. Behind the Screen Before finding out what awaits the tribe in Gamma 1, let us roll up the stats for the three gnomes, Mixman, Brina, and Haliander. I think what I'll do is I'll roll up three sets of stats to begin. Then we'll take a look at what these are and assign them appropriately. At a future time, I'll be describing the gnome character type in depth. But for now, suffice it to say that a sufficiently advanced gnome can be either of two kinds. One focused on the divine, sometimes called a divine warrior, or other times simply called a cleric. And another focused more on the realms of the arcane, sometimes called a mystic warrior, a warrior mystic, a mentalist, or an illusionist. Gnome number one, rolling up the stats. Strength, a six. Dexterity, a 10. Constitution, eight. Charisma, eight. Intelligence, 13, and Wisdom, 10. Hmm, this is problematic already, because a gnome must have a minimum strength score of 9. But, we'll revisit this shortly. Let's see what we've got for gnome number 2. Strength, a 12. Dexterity, a 9. Constitution, a 9. Charisma, a 12. Intelligence, ooh, a 3. And Wisdom, a 17. <laughs> wow, a 3 Intelligence. This gnome has to be foolish in the extreme. <laughs> Almost bordering on not able to function at all. Could be fun to play, but let's keep going with gnome number 3 and then make some hard decisions. Strength, 7. Dexterity, 16. Constitution, 11. Charisma, 17. Intelligence, <laughs> a 6. Not getting very smart gnomes, are we? And wisdom, a 12. So I'm looking over these stats, and I'm guessing that gnome 3 would be the best for Hollyander, having this high charisma score. But I was thinking of Hollyander as being able to do some arcane magic of the kinds that gnomes are specialized in. But with his wisdom as the higher of the two stats, it seems instead that he would lean towards... Cleric. I'm not sure I like this idea, unless gnome number three becomes Brina. But then again, each of the three gnomes has a higher wisdom score than intelligence, which means any one of them could be a good choice for Brina anyway. Hmm, let's see what else we have. Maybe gnome number two would be a better Brina. Look at that wisdom score of 17, and her strength of 12 qualifies her 
to be a gnome. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow gnome number two to be Brina. But I've already written up a roleplay in which Brina comes off as not being a total idiot. So that intelligence three is still bothering me. Hmm. I'm going to have to come up with a roleplay reason why your intelligence is so low. But no matter what I do, I don't think I can leave it down as far as a three. So... I think what I'm going to do is drop her strength from a 12 to a 10. By dropping that two points, I can raise the intelligence of Brina by one. Well, she's at a four now, which is a minus two penalty instead of a minus three. Let's see what else we can do. Well, according to the rules, I should be disallowed from dropping her charisma score in order to boost her intelligence. And I really hate to drop her wisdom, since I have identified her as a cleric. But I'm afraid I don't really have anywhere else to take points from, unless I want to leave her with the intelligence of four. No, I think that's just going to be too hard to do. So I'm going to drop her wisdom by four points, down to a 13, and raise her intelligence, therefore, to six. Now, six is still awfully low, but at least her penalty is a minus one now, instead of a minus two. So I guess we'll end up saying that her intelligence is limited only to certain areas of knowledge, and that Brina, for some reason, is fairly uneducated in most everything else. Her wisdom is down to a 13 now. This will give her a plus 5% bonus to level points, and although I suppose I could drop her wisdom quite a bit further, the highest intelligence I could get for her would be an 8. She'd still be at a minus 1, so I'm going to leave Brina's stats, Gnome 2's stats, as follows. Strength 10, Dexterity 9, Constitution 9, Charisma 12, Intelligence 6, and Wisdom 13. I think I'd like to turn Gnome number 1 into Mixman, and so this character right away has a couple of problems. The biggest, of course, is that his strength score is only a 6, and gnomes must have a 9. Of course, we know he's a gnome, because that's what came up on the roaming creatures chart, so let's just see if we can adjust any of these character level 1 stats. Well, since I want him to be more of a mentalist, it makes sense that I should be able to drop his wisdom score. In fact, this would really be to my advantage, because in the end, I'm going to need his intelligence to be higher. So let's just drop wisdom down to a 10. That frees up a couple of points, and I can jack up his strength to an 8. Huh, just one point shy of qualifying, so we'll drop his intelligence too, down to an 11. It's still greater than his wisdom, so he'll still be able to be a mentalist, giving him the final stats of strength 9, dexterity 10, constitution 8, charisma 8, intelligence 11, and wisdom 10. He'll have a penalty on life points for this, a minus 1, but overall, not that bad for a first level character. Okay, I've set gnome number 3 aside, and we're still thinking this one should be polyander. Let's look at these stats again. Strength 7, Dexterity 16, Constitution 11, Charisma 17, Intelligence 6, and Wisdom 12. Everything else being even, this character could make an incredible rogue, but this option isn't available to gnomes, not according to the rules as written so far. 
So we're really going to have to shoehorn this character if we're going to get a gnome that has some knowledge in the arcade. So the first thing I'm going to do is just give up on the dexterity. I'd love to keep the 16, but strength is more important to gnomes. So I'm dropping it down to a 12, taking away 4 points in order to add 2 under his strength score. Now with a strength of 9, he at least qualifies for the gnome type, and the dexterity of 12 isn't really all that bad. I can actually drop dexterity another 2 points to a 10, and not suffer any further penalty. So let's make his dexterity a 10, and put his intelligence up from a 6 to a 7. Mm hmm, maybe I can boost that intelligence just a little bit more. Let's drop the wisdom from a 12 to a 10, so we've got an 8 intelligence and a 10 wisdom. It's good to drop the wisdom, because if the wisdom is lower than intelligence, then he'll definitely qualify for a mystic warrior. But the rules do disallow me from dropping wisdom any further. I'm not allowed to drop it below a 9, and so as it stands right now, he's got an intelligence of 8 and a wisdom of 10. So normally, this would be as far as I could go. I can't drop any of the stats lower than they are in order to raise up that intelligence, because dropping constitution or charisma is not allowed for most character types, according to the Solitaire Tribe Creation and Maze Master's Guide. Even so, Polyander has already been stipulated as having skill in the arcane, so to not boost his intelligence higher would already create a conflict. So, is he an arcane mystic or not? Well, you know what they say. When any conflict arises, it's up to the Maze Master to come up with a ruling. <laughs> and you know what? That's me. So I think I'll make an exception to the rule that disallows me from dropping Charisma. I'm going to drop Charisma by four. That'll give me an extra two points to add to Intelligence, with his final stats being Strength 9, Dexterity 10, Constitution 11, Charisma 13, Intelligence 10, and Wisdom 10. So in this situation, he's still got an above-average Charisma, which makes him a good fit to be leader of these gnomes. Meanwhile, with the Intelligence and Wisdom tied, it's Maze Master's choice what character type he should be. And this allows me to take Mystic Warrior, a.k.a. Illusionist, if I should so desire. And I do. Very good. I'm assigning 8 life points to Hollyander and 8 life points to Brina as well. Mixman, as mentioned earlier, has only 7 due to a low constitution score. Mixman is also going to have a minus 1 penalty on reaction checks, whilst Brina is getting a plus one bonus for her wisdom and a minus one penalty for her low intelligence of six. Polyander has a plus one to reactions. We'll assume this is why they were able to forge an alliance with the tribe of Nora. And other than these stats so far noted, the rest appear to be quite average. And that'll do for this small troop of level one gnomes. I'm taking a look through the equipment. And let's just say that these gnomes have some basic items in their care. A few of these have been mentioned to this point, like some weapons and armor. But let me go over it in a little more depth. So for armor and clothing, Polyander 
his chainmail. He has a shirt, leggings, boots, and a hat. And I'm going to say that Mixman has the same. That's an armor value of 5 for Hollyander, and an armor value of 5 for Mixman. We'll give Brina something just slightly more feminine. Chainmail armor, a skirt, a shirt, boots, and a hat. Armor value of 5 for her. We know these gnomes have treasure, so let me clarify that each gnome possesses a sack with Electrum in it. And for consistency's sake, let's assume too that each gnome has a backpack and a total number of sacks and water skins equal to that possessed by each other member of Nora's tribe. Let's say that Hollyander and Mixman each have a hammer and that Brina has a mace. These have been mentioned in the narrative before. Further, Hollyander has 12 spikes and a hammer, several maps, and some ink. Hollyander's spellbook is small and tidy. It possesses the following spells. Reader of Magic and Hide Object, each of these being spell level 1. And there are notes given here also about the incantations for the teleport crystal that Hollyander has discovered thus far. Brina has a magic scroll of illumination. She also possesses a holy star of Rhiannon, her goddess. As for Mixman, he possesses 50 feet of hempen rope, some handcuffs, and a small key, as well as paper and ink. Mixman's spellbook has the following spells within Reader of Magic and Secret Gold. Finally, I'll assume that each of the gnomes is at his or her max life points, and that not a one has any spell memorized. Well, that's not bad. Three fine gnomes, fresh for the fight. And the tribe of Nora is pleased to march alongside them, for they will need every ally in the goblin realm that they can possibly get. Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. The tribe of Nora has not come into the Goblin Kingdom unprepared. Indeed, they've been able to recreate a full map of Gamma One, and by cross-referencing with those details known to the gnomes, Stockholm and the others are reasonably convinced that what they have created is accurate. Bring out your own map of Gamma One, and I'll give you some of the further details to be noted throughout. At 2912, 3013 is a larder, it's room 58, and it has a door in the southeast corner on the southern wall. Room 59 is the storehouse, not located far away. It is at position 25, 15, 30, 16. And there is a door in the northern wall at position 2915. Draw in a 40 by 40 chamber at position 3110, 3413, and give it a double door in its southeastern corner on the eastern wall. This is room 60, the training grounds. At 3612, 3713, there is a 20 by 20 chamber with a single door on its western wall in the northwestern corner. Label this room simply 
weapons. It is room 61. Room 62 is drawn as a 50 by 20 room at position 32-15-36-16. It is the armory and it has a double door at the center of its northern wall. Room 63 is at position 31, 18, 36, 20. There is a door in the northeast corner on the eastern wall. Label this room common lane. Beneath room 63, that is to say, south of it, draw another room exactly like it. Place it at 31, 21, 36, 23. This is room 64, common lane. If one were to exit the common lane, to the east, and if one were to stand in the corridor at position 3721, a wall would be seen directly to the east. And just south of this same square, there is a U-turn bending to the east and connecting up with the straightaway that goes past the hidden chamber. And let's stipulate that that straightaway is nine squares to the north before ending in an L-turn that curves to the west. At 2231, 2733 is room 65, the refuse pit. It has a door at the center of its eastern wall. That door exits to a straightaway, traveling east two squares, followed by an L-turn pointed north. Afterwards is a straightaway traveling north five squares, and then an L-turn bending to the west. At position 2123-2625 is room 66, the war room, and it has a door at the center of its eastern wall. At 2821-3023 is room 67, the throughway. It has a doorway in the northeastern corner on the northern wall, and another doorway in the southwestern corner on the western wall. Finally, at position 2321-2722 is a 50 by 20 room, room number 68, called the range. Place a door in its southeastern corner on the southern wall. And here I conclude for now this further rendering of the Goblin Kingdom, Gamma 1. Selected audio on tonight's episode has been contributed by Katie Otten via the Creative Commons Attribution License. Find Katie on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter as katieotten13. And I thank you, Katie, for your unparalleled performance, which has brought alive the many unique personalities of the Iron Realm. Remember, travelers.
If you're not partaking of the treasures of the Onyx Vault, then you're only receiving a third of the content available to you. All patrons receive future episodes of the Iron Realm before anyone else on the planet. And there are many other offerings too, including, but not limited to, the following. To all of you, my most loyal Iron Realm fans, travelers, and legendary powers, I have two new books under development at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm. The pieces are falling into place for the next Iron Realm story arc, and this is being realized too in the latest strategy guide for the Iron Realm chapters 111 through 120. Patrons of the Deity tier or above can get a look at this book in progress. Finding the secrets for those chapters not yet released, but which will assuredly have an impact on Character 8's journey. Get reveals on fiction there for the upcoming Iron Realm story arc, the lore you crave, and the secrets all yours for a first look in the Iron Realm strategy guide. Iron Deities can take a look in my second upcoming book too, and this one is called the Iron Realm Solitaire Tribe Advancement and Maze Master's Guide. I've been putting together all the rules for upper level character play in the Iron Realm Maze Master's Campaign. And if there's more for all the classic character types you know, plus a few types unique to the Iron Realm campaign. The Nazari, the Zerum, the Uname, the Mystic Warrior, and the Divine Warrior too. And don't forget, you can get all the latest for the Iron Realm arena as well. A whole new podcast epic with a featured episode every single month. Loyal friends, Loyal fans of the Iron Realm, come to Patreon and support this work underway. Let us see the light of day come to the latest strategy guide for chapters 111 through 120, and let us all support too the creation of Solitaire Tribe Advancement. I can't do it without you. But with your strength and your support, how can we fail, my friends? How can we fail? Take a look at all the rewards and to support the show at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm. I thank you one and all. I am with you in the light and in the dark. Iron Realm. Charlotte. You 
your enigmatic audio will always be remembered in the infinite tunnels of the Iron Realm. Tribal Matters. It is the 13th day of Sakaris. 10.20 a.m. in the crystal room of Alpha-1. Position 37-8-40-13. The Silver Sword and the Sword of Heaven are charged for healing, as are the horns of the three unicorn girls. Beyond this, the spells available are as follows. Amazar, Door Denial, Lilena, Illumination, Len, Hands of Healing, and Consecrate Food and Water, Twyla, Hands of Healing, and Illumination, Nim, Hands of Healing, and Illumination. Beyond this, Amazar has dedicated three spell levels to memorizing a portion of Always Open, whilst Kailana has memorized two spell levels worth, and Lilena has memorized one. Meanwhile, Mix Min has memorized the incantation for reaching Gamma One, and Holiander has memorized the incantation for reaching Beta One. These incantations work similarly to spells in that they must be memorized and are exhausted when recited. But other than unlocking the power of the teleport crystal, I would say they have no other effect, so I'm not sure if we'd consider these incantations to be strictly spells. The tribe of Nora with the gnomes has gathered round the crystal, having converged again in room number one of Alpha One. The crystal hangs in the air, spinning, spinning slowly, and in a moment, all of them have a clear vision of it, for Lilena has cast her spell, Illumination, as the group makes preparations for teleportation. Under the direction of the gnomes, they all hold hands, encircling the crystal. But before they jump, I'll say that Orson has returned the weapons to Kana and Paola, for each appears to be following his commands, and he does not have the heart to send them into the goblin realm, undefended. Each takes stock of his or her best weapon, worn on the hip or slung over the back, ready to grab it, ready to face whatever there may be when they arrive in Gamma 1. Mixman voices his incantation, and a wind comes up, blowing all around them. The gnome continues, making the power of his voice known, as the rest concentrate on the spinning diamond before them. They are nervous, for the noise will surely draw the attention of creatures, and the place that they are going is likely very dangerous, too. Even so, as the incantation rises to a crescendo, Lilena brings down her globe of light. It sinks into the crystal, right into its center, and even as this is done, Mixman dodges forward, putting his palm upon the crystal, and as the power is upon them all, there's a brilliant flash of light, and all at once, they find themselves in utter dark. 
New Lee. They have arrived at room 28, the crystal room of level Gamma 1, the Goblin Kingdom. 23 across, 18 down. 25 across, 20 down. This room is smaller than the one they have come from. And there is certainly a chance that the room is occupied. A 20% chance, and here it goes. A 78. Oh. Oh. That was close. The room is unoccupied, but every one of them is badly disoriented. The halflings and two of the gnomes sink to the floor as Stockholm and the elves listen for anything they can discern in the quiet. For a while, they hear the sounds of goblins in the distance, and some time is taken to understand how close they may actually be. But once the sound fades away, the group recovers themselves. Stockholm recovers a rope from Kana, and it is strung out amongst them in preparation for the march. The order shall be as follows, taking advantage of the gnomish dark sight. Polyander and Mixman in the front, followed by Stockholm and Brevik, and then Kana and Bardar. Next, Amazar and Solis, Brina and Kailana at the center, followed by Tani and Lilena, then Tamik and Nim. Behind them, Nora and Twyla, later Marx and Thora, finally Orson and Paola, and then they march. Unlike Alpha One, the room that they are in and the corridors are more crude. Walls are wet, roughly hewn from the stone, intentionally made caves and corridors, a network of caverns in an underground world. Stalactites and stalagmites are experienced throughout, and it is no easy journey for one false step could have any person impaling him or herself upon one of these rocky features. The group is not quick, most of them laden in plate mail armor, and this entire area is known to be populated by their foes and the allies of their foes. The hidden chamber is ahead, says Stockholm. Just like we discussed, let's go. Of course, I've got a new roaming creatures chart designed explicitly for Gamma 1, and I'll be making use of this should any threats be determined along the way. So back to the game, we march, starting at room 28, the crystal room, and moving towards room 26, the hidden chamber. The double doors to the crystal room are pushed open at 10.40, and now the rolls. A one! And no sooner has the tribe of Nora begun their trek, they've been heard too soon, and the next door on their way, room 32, Gorthax Armory, has swung open, and a battalion of goblins, freshly armed, has stepped directly into their path. Intruders! Yells the head goblin. Here, no doubt, to steal his majesty's gold. In an instant, death is upon them. Is there any chance they can survive? Tune in for the upcoming episode of The Iron Realm. We're in Gamma One now. The goblins approach, and all sense of mercy is gone.
intruder! <laughs>